Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Friends, the gospel for today gives us three classic parables of Jesus. Each one exploring the notion which is at the very heart of the spiritual life. Namely, that God is the one who searches for us. I can't say this often enough. The everyday spirituality today will say, oh, no, no, it's our quest for God. We're going to search for the Lord. Help me to find the path. Fine, as far as it goes, but that isn't the Bible. The Bible's about God's quest for us. The deepest truth is that our quest is but a pale echo. It's like a vague reflection of God's passionate, over-the-top, unrelenting quest for us. See, I think your whole spiritual life will change once that idea really gets into your heart. Could the heart of the spiritual life, therefore, be this, not so much finding God, but allowing yourself to be found, if that makes sense. I think now of your prayer life and your, your moral life, etc. It's all under the rubric of letting yourself be found. Okay, a feature of all three of the stories for today is what I'd call the sheer craziness, loopiness of the searcher. So Jesus says to the crowd listening, what man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one, wouldn't leave the 99 and go after the lost one till he finds it? Well, see, I always felt the implied answer is, well, nobody, no one. I mean, who would take that great a risk? Putting the 99 in danger to find one? I mean, it's just bad economics. See, we have this kind of bucolic, romantic understanding, oh, there's the shepherd with the sheep. But I mean, that, that was his livelihood. Caring for, protecting those animals, making sure they got where they're supposed to go. I mean, so would he just blithely go wandering off, leaving the 99 exposed to danger, et cetera? Who, maybe they'd wander away. He'd come back and he lost 45 other ones. And so it just seems like bad shepherding to go running after the one. Why would God, now we apply the analogy, fret over one little soul? I mean, why would he bother? I mean, wouldn't he just be better? Hang in there with the ones who are, you know, faithful and don't worry about the one that's wandered away. Well, it's just what he does, you know. Talk to a a, a parent. Let's say a parent's got five or six kids. <laughs> one has wandered away and they say, oh, don't worry about him. You've got five left. You know, why would you bother looking for this one? Kid? Well, I mean, what parent would ever do that? Uh, and so God, so God, who's nothing but love, searches, yes, even in this sort of irrational way for the lost. Catherine of Siena, in a beautiful phrase, said that God is pazzo d'amore in her Italian. It means he's crazy in love. And how about the uh, woman in the next story Jesus tells? 
who has the 10 coins and loses one and then turns her entire house up for grabs searching for it. Well, what's interesting is that the coin we're talking about is of extraordinarily small value. It's like a nickel or a penny. Can you honestly imagine someone turning her entire house upside down to find a nickel? I mean, maybe you lost a $100 bill or something, but... I, oh, I lost a nickel, so I turned the entire house up for grabs. I mean, no one would do that. And yet, that's what she does. And then I love the detail that she calls her neighbors in to have a celebration. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if you call your neighbors? Hey, I got great news. You're having a big party. Hey, what's the occasion? I found a nickel. <laughs> they think you'd lost your mind. And that's the point here of how pazzo d'amore, how crazy in love God is. He searches even for the smallest, even for the least significant. And then finally, most famously, we have the story of the uh, prodigal son, the father who's been grievously insulted by his son, you know, who basically says to him, would you hurry up and die? I mean, I can't even wait for you to die. Give me my money now. It's hard to be it's hard to imagine in Jesus' time a worse insult. Then, then he's got the gall to squander the money on loose living. I mean, if anyone's got a right to write off this son, it's this father. And yet he waits and he waits and he waits until the boy returns. And then this runs in the face of, of all the social conventions of the time. He runs to him and receives him with open arms and a feast. But what the audience here was meant to feel, what they were probably prompted to say is that's crazy. That's bad fatherhood. No father would behave that way. At the very least, he'd be imposing a punishment. At the very least, he'd grudgingly accept the kid back. But no, this father who's been grievously insulted by the son opens his arms and gives a feast. Pazzo d'amore, pazzo d'amore. God is crazy in love with us. And he's after us. See, I do think everybody, we're haunted by this image. It's born of a lot of different influences. But we're haunted by this image of this distant pasha, difficult to please, waiting for us to perform morally at a very high level before he gives us any time and attention. That's just not the Bible. It's just not the Bible. No, we have this, this father, this shepherd, this woman in search of the coin who's pazzo d'amore with us. Indeed, the least of us, press it, indeed the most obnoxious of us. That's the, the prodigal son. He's obnoxious to the father. And yet, God searches. Okay, so there's the, the first point, the general point I want to make about these. And heck, you could spend the next you know month on a retreat, just letting these images sink into your heart. But what I want to do now with the rest of the sermon is spend a little time with, I think, the interesting juxtaposition of these three stories. They're in the Gospel of Luke, of course. I, I just wonder whether the coin, the sheep, and the sun represent three distinct ways of being lost. And whether the woman, the shepherd, and the father represent three kinds of findings three manners of divine intervention and activity. So let's look first at the coin, the coin. So the coin is just an inanimate object. 
it's incapable of knowing or feeling or sensing anything. When it's lost, it doesn't even know it's lost, right? And it can't do one little thing to get back where it belongs. Well, sometimes people find themselves, I think, precisely in this sort of situation. What do I mean now? I mean, people who are spiritually dead, so far from God, so alienated from their real purpose, listen now, they don't even know that they're lost. You know, Dante's Divine Comedy, the whole thing begins with Dante waking up to the fact that he's lost. It's very important, that moment. That's a hugely important step when he can say, yeah, I now I know I'm lost. But see, there are a lot of people, by implication, including Dante himself, who didn't even know they were lost. They Maybe they were successful in the world and all that, but spiritually speaking, they were so far from God that they were lost and didn't even know it. They'd wandered into what St. Augustine called the region of unlikeness. Beautiful little phrase. We're made in the likeness of God, but our sin can be so bad that we've wandered into the region, the land of unlikeness. Charles Taylor, the contemporary Catholic philosopher, talks about the buffered self that's produced by our hyper-secularist culture, right? A self that's buffered from any contact with the supernatural that's closed in on itself, that doesn't even know it's lost. You know, how, who could say, look, I'm fine. I'm doing well. Who needs, who needs God? So lost, he doesn't even know he's lost. See, I think people in that situation are a bit like the lost coin, well, is there hope for such persons? Absolutely. Why? Why? Because God, think of the woman now looking for the coin, diligently searches and finds even those who don't know they're lost. He's not waiting petulantly in heaven, but he's actively searching. Look now at the uh, next uh, example, the lost sheep. So a sheep is something more than a coin, which is to say it has, you know, mobility, sense, appetite, mind at a very low level, etc. Many years ago when I was on retreat at the beautiful Abbey of Tamier, it's a Trappist Abbey in the Alps, I was in my room and I could hear this almost human sound of the bleating of a sheep who had fallen into a pit and not far from the window of my room. And all night, this little sheep cried. How come? Well, he knew he was in trouble, and he was hoping, at least at some level, that someone would come and save him. Well, there are some souls who are like the lost sheep, spiritually compromised, unable fundamentally to help themselves, but, listen, at least aware that they're in a mess. They're like people who commence the AA process by admitting they've hit bottom and are out of control. They bleat, if you want. They cry for help. At least they know they're lost. You know, a movie I, I didn't like was uh, Eat, Pray, and Love, and go on, watch my video and find out why I didn't like it. But there's a moment I really liked in that movie, which is when Julia Roberts, who plays the main character, is someone who's just kind of, she's spiritually lost. 
And she utters this beautiful prayer amid tremendous weeping, basically just saying, help. Good, good. That's like the lost sheep. God finds them too. God looks for them too. And when he finds them, he carries them back. And now finally, there's the coin, the sheep, and now the son. He's not like the coin, just dumbly lost. Nor is he like the sheep, able only to bleat for help. His situation is more complex, and it's more spiritually rarefied. Now, why? Why? Well, he's gone into conscious rebellion against his father. There is something a bit more cold-blooded and rational about him. He's not just dumbly lost. He didn't just fall into a pit and didn't know why. He kind of consciously and rationally rebelled. And furthermore, his analytical skills did not abandon him even when he fell into degradation. He sized up the situation and made the rational and wise decision to return home. Are there souls like this? Yes, yes. Maybe some listening to me right now who have gone consciously into rebellion against God, but now realize they're lost and they're seeking the way back. Notice, please, how the father respects the son's freedom. He lets him go on his own steam, fully aware of what he's doing. So when we exercise our freedom, God respects it, even to the limits of the far country. And then when the son exercises his common sense, he, he runs to meet him. Now, I'll close with this. What do the woman who finds the coin, the shepherd who finds the sheep, and the father who finds his son all have in common? They're all different spiritual states, but what they all have in common is joy. They're all overjoyed when they find what was lost. See, God operates in myriad ways, depending on the situation of his children. He finds, he carries, he welcomes, and in each case, he rejoices. That's our good news for this week, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.